And you're listening to Kasamahan Ko Podcast Show. Today on episode 5, we have Miss Plessy Vergara sharing her narrative, her story, her testimony of what it is growing up as a Filipino America in Hawaii. In the context of Hawaii, we acknowledge that Hawaii is a legally annexed. So in the podcast, we do mention this Filipino-American identity, which can be later constructed in future episodes. But for now, and for the growing of this podcast, we will refer to Filipino in Hawaii. With that said, I would love to have y'all hear our guest intro themselves a little bit. Aloha and magandang gabi or magandang umaga or whenever you're listening to this, everybody. My name is Basi Vergara. My pronouns and she and hers. I firmly believe that I was placed in this world to be a blessing. Hmm. Little fun fact, actually. I know about three blessings um, so far. One is from TikTok. Another one is my team member named Blessy, and the third Blessy that I know is the one that you'll be listening to. And I don't know, shower thoughts. How many Blessies do you know in this world? Is this the first Blessy? And whatever spheres God has placed me in, whether that's in my work as a licensed practical nurse, a food blogger, a worship leader, a daughter, a sister, a mentor, or a friend, I want to be a light and to bring all glory to Him. I am the first generation U.S. born, which I think makes me the 1.5 generation. (laughs) Both of my parents got married in the Philippines when they were adults. My dad immigrated to Hawaii first, thanks to a petition from my uncle. A year later, my mom followed suit. Okay, since you're a food connoisseur, food blogger, what Filipino food describes best describes your personality? So for that, I would actually have to say hobo hobo. Um, if you like ever took a look at my Instagram page at my Ono, and if you took a look at my website, it's very brightly colored, like my personality, I think. So yeah, and I also have multiple interests. And then, you know, like hobo hobo is like a mix of a whole bunch of ingredients. It's not enough to just savor one layer or one interest of mine. But it's more enjoyable to dive into all the world has at its disposal. At the same time, I approach things in a cool and refreshing way. Uh, I love that descriptions about yourself. And like, I think as we dive into more closely to the interview, we kind of we kind of go into um, yourself a little bit and make your treats a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to think so of like, it like that. Hello, hello. <laughs> sounds so good to eat right now too (sighs) with that um starting off first um first and foremost because family is the foundation of everything where is your family from so my family is from Pampanga which is a province a little two hours north of Manila my dad is from Santa Rita and my mom is from Guagua and then you did mention that um both both of your parents um like immigrated here to Hawaii and that you were your both of your brothers were born here were you able to pick up um, any of the language so actually they spoke a lot of english at home just because like english is a mo- like 
is like the native language used in Hawaii and America. And I guess like they wanted to assimilate in that way. So yeah, sadly, I didn't really pick up on much on it. But when I was at UH, I actually took an interest in learning Tagalog. So I took two, um, one year of that, yeah. Ah, so you could a little bit um, converse a little bit with your family? Yeah, more so like um, with my family and then Taglish with my coworkers too. That reminds me because you did mention that you are an LPN and you do work at a hospital. So majority of our coworkers are Filipinos. <laughs> yeah, I would say that. That um, kind of chiming along with the questions, um, Starting straight, um, starting straight on, or going deeper, um, growing up, have you actually ever struggled in embracing your own Filipino identity? Well, because my parents are from Pampanga, they love cooking and eating. A stereotype about Kampampangans, why we held in the Philippines, is that we are the foodies of the nation. This has descended down to my kuya and I. We grew up eating any and almost every Filipino dish that my parents whipped up from Binagawan to Bagat to Pansit Bihon to Sisig and Tahoe and Mahablanca and more. We ate it all. I have always loved sharing these things with others as well. The one thing I will say I can never get used to in eating and still cannot eat today is Ampagaya, which is bitter melon. I hate it. <laughs> I am a proud Christian and profess Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I've wavered in my beliefs at times, but have not wandered too far off. This devotion to my faith is in line with Filipino culture. As for the, my, as for the language, yeah, so as I said, my parents converse in the Kampampangan dialect with each other and with their neighbors, but to my kuya and I, they spoke English. I believe that they desired to be good American citizens and they wanted us to adapt to the American culture in this way. Sure, we picked up some words along the way, but we have never gotten close to being fluent. And yeah, I wasn't able to speak Taglish back then, but I can do that now, so that's good, but struggling with my cultural identity so actually what i followed my kuya in was immersion in the japanese language and culture we lived across from a japanese church and from playing with one of the kids from that church growing up we got a lot of exposure to the japanese language we participated in some of their cultural traditions such as new year's mochi pounding and summer bun dances in elementary and middle school, my dad and I would watch an episode from a Japanese travel show every night. So naturally, in high school, I took Japanese language classes to fulfill my world language requirement. I love taking the classes so much. I was part of the Japanese cultural club at school and competed in statewide Japanese trivia competitions. In my senior year, I even hosted a Japanese exchange student for a week. That was really fun. You could say that I pushed my Pinoy culture aside for Japanese culture over those formative years. And I had to ask myself questions like, did I want to be Japanese instead of Filipino? You know, was I not being Filipino enough? Heck, was I even being American enough? <laughs> it was hard to hold on to one cultural identity when I was honestly more interested in another culture. Even harder was living in a place where the two cultures I mentioned, Japanese and Filipino, are not the majority culture in America. I mean, Hawaii is part of America. I've come to realize that this is what makes me a Hawaii girl. 
more so than the other three, they're in, they're in there. Hawaii is a melting pot of cultures. It's not like the U.S. mainland, where American culture is predominant over all other cultures. I'm a Hawaii girl because I developed an appreciation and a love for pieces of multiple cultures. And I can say that I found a better balance between the three in recent years. Whoa, I think, like, right when you were um, sharing a little bit, I wanted to kind of ask, um, kind of like how... I'm kind of like breaking down like um, what you shared is um, although you had a little bit like immersion with the different cultures, um, all in all, you still see yourself as someone that still in, tries to live herself, tries to live herself fully. Um, and I think that's how I was able to kind of, kind of got from what you, shared is like although true and all like there's different things that you have experienced um being able to acknowledge that loving each thing and also being able to um uh, also like being able to like appreciate yourself right like i wouldn't say that it's like strictly filipino but rather like a mix of like every culture that i've experienced especially yeah since hawaii is a mix of everything right i think that kind of like goes into like the first the very first thing i asked like if you could describe your personality it kind of like right (laughs) i would say that yeah i guess one thing that i would like to kind of um as additionally is um, in terms with um, being able to really grapple your own identity, um, how can you say that you understand your own Filipino identity and culture? Yeah, so I say that I have a way better understanding of my Filipino identity and culture than past years. Yes, I still do love Japanese culture and I'm thankful that I live in America. However, I found the drive to dig deeper into my roots after graduating high school. It was in this soul search that I learned about the qualities of being Filipino and wow, was I way more Filipino than I thought I was. I talked about being religious and a lover of the food scene but I want to talk about three other principles that Filipinos live by and that I believe I have adopted. So number one, they plug mamaha sa familia. Pinoys love their family and prioritize them over their career and their friends. If I am notified that we are short staff at work, my default answer actually is to say no because I'd much rather spend time with my family. You may be able to find more staff to fill in, but you can't replace the time that is taken away from family. And then number two, they are magiliw. Filipinos are hospitable. I always make it a point to leave my schedule as open as I can so that I can spend one-on-one time with people who would like to chat or hang out. I love baking and cooking and love to share my creations with people around me as well. And number three, they are mahusay at masipag. Pinoy strive for excellence and are hardworking. When I'm at work, I strive to treat my patients with respect and take the time to listen to their concerns, even if they seem far-fetched. I don't like cutting corners and giving subpar effort. This goes to say that, yes, knowledge of the Filipino food and traditions is one thing. However, to truly live in Filipino identity is to live by these foundational principles.
all in all, um, what I uh, what I kind of um, wanted to add on is like the or kind of like follow up is like these are the three values that um, kind of makes you who you are. And yeah, like common like you know characteristics that Filipinos have too. What are well with growing up in a Filipino household? What is the number one thing that your parents? Um, really instilled in both you and your brother? I guess, like, um, if I think about it, they have, like, they communicate with each other really well. Like, they loved on us so well. Like, they communicated their problems and their, like, concerns so well with each other. So just, like, learning to relate to people in, like, a healthy way. You know, like, not, like, bottling things in. But, like like saying what's on your mind but like in a way that's respectful of the other person and that's helped us in our relationships I think growing up you know being involved in the church as well you like learn these principles and then yeah I was able to see that modeled in my parents and that's how that was passed on to us I think I, I think the only way oh sorry the only reason why I wanted to kind of ask that is um because in in a lot of our Filipino cultures, family is the one that really holds down together. Like yeah. wherever we are, wherever we go, wherever we travel, there and we're not always alone because Filipinos are always there. Right. <laughs> like even like when I'm traveling, like if I see another Filipino, I'll be like, oh. <laughs> like literally start screaming and like start like striking up a conversation. It's so fun. It's a good thing that you bring that up because, like, if I if I may ask, because you do solo travel often, um, how do you know when you see a Filipino, your fellow kababa? Oh, like I think it's like kind of the look and like the vibes they give off. <laughs> it's like an intuition kind of thing. I don't know. <laughs> like, um, sometimes it's the accent. Um, sometimes it's your mannerisms. I don't know, but I like I don't know how I can sniff it out, but I can. Like if it's in the blood, you just know. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I really don't. <laughs> I think it's just a sense of like um that home homeliness, familyness, and like that spirit of like I feel I feel welcome by you, and like you treat me as you want me kind of right right and so with that said um, is there something you have always wanted to learn about your own culture that you haven't learned before yeah so I actually want to go back to what I said about the language while I can actually speak Baglish I need to learn more of the Kumbangan language that is native to my parents province Living in Hawaii, I've only encountered a handful of people who speak the dialect, let alone are aware of its existence. Because, like, everyone here, right, is, like, either from Iwokos or Visayas, not so much from, like, Pampanga or, you know, Central Guzon. So, yeah, it actually is one of the top dia- 10 dialects used in the Philippines, but is mostly spoken in Pampanga, Bataan, and Tarlac. It would be great to know more than just simple numbers and the names of popular dishes. Guess I got to be more proactive about asking my parents about this before it's too late. 
Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, because Pampanga is like in, you know, like the, the, the Tagalog speaking area too. So like people in that area do speak Pampangan and then Tagalog, yeah. Right. And like in Hawaii, there's majority Ilocano speaking. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, it's like they like use like Ilocano words with each other. And I'm like, can you guys like use Tagalog instead? Oh, okay. Now I can understand now. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 I can relate to that one. Because every time I would be in the, any of the bus station or even the hospitals, Ilocano is really that so strong. Like you right. all know when they start speaking fast. But if you are in the mainland, per se, you can hear more Tagalog. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah, because I guess like the immigrants, a lot of them are from Milwaukee. I mean to say like in the plantation days. Mm-hmm. But I think there is some Kapangpangan, but I feel like it gets down now because of Tagalog. We hear more Tagalog. Right. But I think there needs to be more Kapangpangan representation so we hear those languages more. Right. Like, and then, yeah, like when you say like Filipino language, the first thing that most people think about is like, oh, okay, Tagalog. And they just like default to that, you know? So, yeah. And one thing like, I even wanted to kind of ask, and I think I asked in follow-up to um, what I previously asked is, is um, besides the language, besides your culture, um, and because, and I just came up with this question on the spot, um, so it might, t- might take a little while to find an answer, but it's okay. <laughs> um, with your with the stuff that you're doing, have you ever thought of some doing something that intersects um, your culture, your identity, and your food together, and with your food? So actually, I think like my food, that's my motivation for starting the food page. I think because like I wanted to connect with people on a deeper level other than just like, oh yeah, she's a nurse. I mean, yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like on my food page, like I also combine my love of travel and then like from my food page, like I connect with people through that. And then I like start having deeper conversations based on that. So I guess like even like making foodie friends, like sometimes I'll invite them to church too. And so like, I don't know, just like have conversations about like faith and other things in life. I guess like going deeper than just like, oh yeah, that's my food page. And that's my nursing. I like, I don't know, in my blog, I think I like incorporate a little bit of everything too. Although it is mostly food, but I think, yeah, with my food page, there was an idea at one point of like starting a podcast as well, but I don't know. Like, it seems like a lot of effort. (laughs) I'm glad that, okay, Chachi, I am glad that like you took the initiative to like start a podcast that like, you know, incorporates like all these kinds of conversations. So you're doing that, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that podcast is an idea at one point. I don't know if I'm actually going to execute it though. (laughs) Maybe we'll revisit that. I don't know. (laughs) 
honestly i think anything is truly possible and i feel like through through the through the steps that you're doing like um i think i i really you keep mentioning your blog but at the same time i feel like i ran into it at one point but then i think i lost it but i'm going to revisit it but i feel like that's a really first step into like um really journaling your words out um and like the way that you do your food your food page your foodie page um your personal or your i'll, I'll say creator page because um it really does hook a lot of people in and and we hear this a lot that food brings us to the table um especially the different um types of food they are um you food is a love language and it does um bring up a lot of things um to the table right yeah i think yeah that was my motivation behind starting that food page because like food is like the happy medium to everything sure we can like argue about like politics and like mm-hmm. world issues and things like that but like i find that like food brings people together and it was like the happy medium that like okay now we can like start like having these conversations if it goes in that direction mm-hmm. and then i remember like one thing about food is that depending on how long it, it takes to prepare it really it, it really um stems to like really wanting to get to know someone is like through making that food or making that food. I agree yeah like oh my gosh kind of sort of off topic not really but I was watching a show on Netflix uh Queer Eye yeah Queer Eye where there's like five gay guys who do like home makeovers on like someone that's like nominated to have the home makeovers from them so like they do like makeovers not just on their home but they do like makeovers on their life fashion beauty just like kind of help them like live like more confident lives and then one of the aspects too is like learning about their life story and like the conflicts that they have with like the people who are closest to them so one of the people on the show actually was like a girl maybe in like her 20s and yeah she was having like some conflict with her mom and they were asking, okay, have you cooked with your mom before? And then she's like, oh, no, not really, because she, like, always pushes me out of the kitchen. But, yeah, so they made them start, like, cooking food together, and then they started, like, talking, conversing, like, cashing out their whatever was going on between them, and, yeah, they were able to, like, you know, respect each other and love each other more at the end of it, so... Yeah, I know what you said about that. And maybe something to like and I just thought about um with the with how this page will kind of grow is that I would love to have like a food kind of section where we just have conversation and we just bring in um and have you as a guest again and to like talk um about anything in relation to culture, food and even travel. Yeah, I think that would be a great way to expand. One thing that I do want to really highlight and one thing that I always ask with every guest that comes on is what does it mean for you to reclaim your own Filipino identity? Well, reclaiming our own Filipino identity means actively learning about the history, the language, the traditions, and the cuisine of the Filipino people, among other things. Cuisine-wise, I know that Filipino cuisine is becoming more mainstream, so I'm super happy about that. 
However, the language is dying. So I'm aware that generally English is taught in Filipino schools from a young age. The younger generations, I find, speak more Taglish than strictly Tagalog because, I don't know, I think like they think it's cooler if they like speak more English, they seem more classy in that way. And oh my gosh, like the dialects, they're like disappearing even faster. So reclaiming Filipino identity in terms of language means using Tagalog or provincial dialects whenever and wherever possible and passing this down to your children and their children. Reclaiming your Filipino identity in terms of history means reading articles and watching documentaries to learn more about colonialism, the genesis of religion in the Philippines, etc., and seeing how that has shaped you. Reclaiming Filipino identity in terms of traditions means looking up these Filipino holidays and milestones and celebrating them. So like your debut party, like when you turn 18, just like celebrating that in a way and then like all of these other traditions that we follow too is important and with reclaiming your own filipino identity what is something that you would want to kind of share with your family so yeah like definitely when i'm raising my family i would want to have them you know learn about the language and like make food together like yeah go ahead and make food together and then just take i don't know like attend like as much cultural events in the area as we can and then have them watch like simple like history videos like eventually like child-sized bite-sized pieces to begin with but then you know they're gonna become more intrigued as they get older I think I would hope and then they'll start like asking questions like you know like how actually were the Filipinos like treated back then kind of thing like I need to do more I need to dive more into this myself so like yeah being proactive on my end first definitely is really important and then yeah just like passing on my knowledge and then learning alongside of them as i pass this down to them too and the only the only reason why i asked this question is because i think with our conversation on family and how family is so important to us um uh, one thing is being the punso um we have so much there's so much that we have learned now that maybe our parents haven't learned yet or they or what what they learned before is a lot different than what we are learning are today. Right, right. And I think with with that said, um, if you could kind of tell yourself a little bit about um, anything that you've learned today, um, going to your 12-year-old self, um, what would you tell them? Yeah, so I would tell 12-year-old Bussy that it's okay to speak up and ask questions because like the 12-year-old Bussy was like pretty quiet. Um, the status quo doesn't have to be taken at face value. And by questioning things, you'll be learning about more about the issues at hand you'll be able to relate to people better and have deeper conversations with them. Above all, you're going to be a better world citizen. So it's okay to raise your hands in class and ask questions. Like, yeah, you don't need to be so concerned about 
how like that's gonna make the class longer how like mm, it'll delay the time that people can like go out to recess and things like that but yeah by raising your hand and just like asking questions in class and like you know in the world around you you'll realize that we are more similar and than different in many ways and that we're all trying to navigate this thing we call life the best way we know how and with that said um what are when when you were growing up as a 12 year old have you seen the representation like do you mean like in terms of like the media or so or yet the media like growing up like the representation so like yeah i can definitely say like that there's more representation now than there was back then because like yeah come to think of it like on food network i like watched that so much as, as a kid and then all of the recipes that they had were like classic american dishes and like i was like wait i can't really relate to that because like there's like a diverse like Filipino, Japanese, Asian food scene here. And then like not seeing that represented there. I mean, in the Food Network. And then just like the TV shows and the movies we watch. They don't have like so much minority cultures, but it is be becoming more diverse, I feel. Like with like not only Filipinos, but like with other like minority cultures, they're on the rise. Like, you know, like the new Disney movie, like there's like another culture being represented now. I forget what kind of culture and I'm not gonna say it because I not, I don't remember off the top of my head that I'm not gonna assume. But yeah, just like there's a lot more representation I feel like in the media, in the food scene, just like in general, not just like with those ethnic cultures, but like, um, like with the LGBT community as well. I feel like there's like more representation on that and like the media. So you'll see a lot more of them in like TV shows, movies, like all kinds of media, I feel. So I think we have come a long way since right. like, even, even since I was 12, yeah. Right, and I think like one of the the biggest things now is, um, especially in the foodie culture, is you see this f fusion food of Filipinos. Um, a lot of our, um, a lot of our what, a lot of the Western chefs, um, are using, um, Filipino dishes to make recipes. Um, like I, I don't know if you saw Selena Gomez, um, make chicken adobo. No, I don't think I've seen that. Really? There's a video on that? Yeah. Um, it was, uh, she was in a cooking show and she was cooking um, chicken adobo. It was, it was, it was, um, I don't know which, um, it was in HBO Max and then it was Selena cooking. And if there was one thing that you would, you would want in this world, like if you could actually meet someone right now um who would you want to meet oh my gosh that's a big question i want to meet a lot of people <laughs> there's no especially there's no uh -huh. one person that you would want to meet <laughs> oh my gosh okay honestly if i'm going off of the top of my head with someone i'm thinking of right now i think it would be oprah actually 
yeah yeah I don't know like she's like had a lot of like different conversations with people through her tv show like over the years and like I feel like that woman has a lot of wisdom I don't know something inside of me tells me like she has a lot of wisdom and she was able to learn about the life stories of like so many different people yeah actually it's interesting that you say Oprah because I feel like um 20 I feel like a year from now, anything's possible. I'm thinking like that's like way beyond like where I'm at right now, but I don't know. Anything's possible. <laughs> but with that said, I think we have come close to the question portion of the podcast and kind of going to beyond. Um, a lot of free, the free kind of free question now, which is, um, before I even asked you to be a guest on this podcast, were you a but, little bit yeah. shocked? It's called the First Class Life Devotional, 35 Testimonies of Phenomenal Faith Through Turbulent Times. Basically, it's like about the testimonies of like the most difficult times in our lives and like how God has gotten us through. So actually with my story my testimonial i went into like my brother's depression actually because it happened in high school and like how i witnessed that how i was trying to carry things on my own but no i didn't need to do that and to just like lift it up to god instead so yeah that's like mainly what my part portion of the book was about but yeah there's like 34 other testimonies that are awesome and yeah, and with that on said, my website, um, this is your portion of the podcast to share anything that you would like to share. Um, anything, um, anything else that we can support you on? It is your time. Yeah. <laughs> so you can follow my, my Instagram page and then my website. So my Instagram is at ohmyono, and you can also find my website at ohmyono.com. Basically, at ohmyono.com, I share different food recommendations that I have. Not only that, but I do get one-on-one with like business owners that like I've come to love and support, like a lot of local business owners in Hawaii mainly and then food recommendations I have travel recommendations so I'll be updating those with my New York trip so yeah New York food and then New York just like travel recommendations so it'll be updated on that also my San Francisco travel and food recommendations are on there and I have some recipes as well that are also on the website if you wanted to take a look at those and of course, you can find my book there as well. Yeah. Yay. And I think that's a wrap on Flessy for today. And if you have any more questions or anything, we will have the latest um, episode next year, 2022. Oh my, there's almost one more month left until December. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Well, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to everybody listening to this podcast. And by the time you get to listen to this podcast, it's probably 2022. And I hope that 
actually in the year 2022 what do you, what are you what is your um um bucket list is that called bucket list oh okay so like in 2022 actually what I'm really looking forward to is our first family trip since the pandemic we haven't had a family trip like oh my gosh our last family trip was like in 20 I forget what year already oh my gosh it's been it's been a minute it has been a minute but my parents are planning on going to New England next fall to look at the fall leaves and yeah my brother and I are planning to join them on that so it'll be a really fun family trip and so much needed yeah oh new New England that's wow okay that is the Honestly, I am truly wishing and praying that 2022 is a year for everyone <laughs> because we've been we've been in a rough year <laughs> this past two years. I agree and yeah, just like hoping for a better year this year. Anything on your list, girl, for this for, year, 2022? For 2022 for me, honestly, it is to travel more. <laughs> because mm. I really wanted to visit um, this place in LA and it's the historic Filipino town so being able to visit a lot of the historic sites um, in the continental states and then actually uh, one of my biggest bucket lists is there's an RV trip um, that is run by one of a great mentor of mine and if you're interested i think they're lucky um they're gonna be taking a trip in all of the states from new york to california so that's like i think that's something that i'm looking forward to and it'll be in june 2022 oh i'd want to actually have info I'm curious now. That would be so awesome. I will, we can speak more after the recording, but I wanted to end being able to teach you your own um, kapampangan. Let's learn kapampangan for today. <laughs> and because it is evening here in Hawaii, um, to, um, I searched, how do you say good evening? And it is mayap. Um, Abengi, I don't know how to pronounce <laughs> to all of any 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 listeners who are kapangpangan. Um, let us let us know. But this is good evening. Okay, so my abengi. Okay, um, cool. And then many things because since tomorrow is Thanksgiving, takal asalamat. Takal asalamat. Okay. Wow. And that is our two, our Kapampangan lessons for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and um, let's eat is Maantana. <laughs> Maantana. Oh. <laughs> you know, that would look good. That would look good in a shirt. <laughs> wow, would look good on a shirt. That's a concept. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> look at us building from it. But without that. Thank you so much, Blessy, for being here today and being one of my very few first guests the next year's season, actually. Yay, thank you so much for having me, Chachi.